Hello, welcome back to Secure Payments, PCI Power's podcast channel. In this short episode, post-pandemic payments, we discuss the changes to payments, security and customer experience as a result of the coronavirus. Do you think remote contact centre agents are here to stay? How can businesses ensure payments are secure? Yeah, I mean, clearly that uh, the trend is, uh, I think the upward trend was about 42 to 45% of firms said they're going to continue with remote workers in some extent, whether it be hybrid or full. Um, and if you've had these huge companies like Capital One who've made the investment that their contact center is going to be totally virtual um, and they were taking their 4,500 agents and keeping them in their homes. So clearly that is going to be the trend. Uh, there's a lot of upside with that. So companies would be remiss to try to start making um, real estate payments again. And I think because of that, <clears throat> security is going to be even higher concern, right? So things about uh, writing down information or leaking information or VPNs or uh, networks that aren't secure are going to be even heightened as this becomes mainstay. Contact centers, like most industries in today's economy, had to swiftly adapt to this working remotely conditions. And there's an increased risk of exposure to contact center staff as well to the pandemic and the, the COVID virus because, I mean, these tight spaces, the shared equipment, volume of people cycling through different shifts. I mean, there's a lot of reasons for moving towards work-from-home policies, which impacted this industry very rapidly. So the response to the pandemic changed how contact centers think about maintaining business continuity, including the technology that they use, and they had to shore up their security protocols and the, the management processes. So today, we are about a year into the, the lockdowns and, and this making work from home necessary. So the rapid adaptation proved quite successful that we saw. So we saw this virtual call center model and the distribu distributing the workforce across multiple geographies also transforming operations in the company cultures. There's been this awareness of individually taking responsibility for working productively and adhering to security policies without this direct physical supervision. So one of the best parts of not having the fixed office location uh, as well for, for the contact center industry is also that they can hire people from anywhere in the world and they, they can handpick the best talent without constraints of geographical locations. So we saw some benefits there as well. And in terms of the job satisfaction, contact centers are notoriously famous for employee attrition rates. So the, the agent turnovers are significantly high. Now, if you consider working from home, that removes the commuting to, to work at odd hours, which takes a toll on personal lives. And this impacted the time time agents spent with their families and loved ones, which is now also a benefit. So employees can manage their personal lives in a conductive manner, in a very conducive manner. And um, so there are, there are benefits. Now, if we look at solutions, for example, from uh, PCI PAL with rapid remote and agents assist and the IVR payment solutions, that really substantially simplifies the processing of using secure cloud payments infrastructure without those elegant solutions that are available today. It requires so much more work to secure this expanded data control environment as a result of this work from home policies. I mean, if you, if you look at, for example, each agent typically requires the secure environment and they minimum will require a VPN, a virtual private network in place to have secure communications between the employees and the, the application data. 
they will have to have network access controllers to check that employees are connecting their systems in a secure way and that their remote device meets minimum security requirements at an operating level, antivirus protection, etc. They need to have security measures that enable them to remotely lock down the devices. The organization needs to know whether the security profiles that their agents are working on are secure. They need to connect to a strong multi-factor authentication. And these are just some of the requirements. So after all of this work has been done, you're still not sure that you've addressed the, the protection of sensitive payment card data in terms of transmission, storage, and retention, which is why these scoping solutions make so much sense. Okay. So first of all, I think that remote working is here to stay. So of course, remote contact center agents are here to stay as well. So what does that mean to uh, to all of us in the industry, especially as looking at the statistics, we've seen that there has been a resurgence of uh, telephone payments because after all, people uh, actually even more so now crave human contact. So talking to an agent, a real person is extremely important. So are they here to set, stay? Absolutely, they are. Uh, Will, will it change in, in the way we've been operating? Yes, it will, because of course, uh, remote working brings many challenges, including uh, security. The technologies are there to, to help with this, uh, and indeed many companies have implemented that, and it's just a matter of being aware of them. Um, and, uh, and remote workers will be greatly helped by technology that make it simpler and easier for them to protect not only themselves and, their, and, and the companies they work for, but to protect their customers because customers are now more and more aware of not only their rights in terms of their data, but uh, they also want to have trusted interactions. So businesses can ensure that payments are secure. There are many technology out, out there that help you do that, especially that everyone is becoming more and more digital. Yeah, they're absolutely here to stay. Um... You know, we'll see probably a little bit more uh, remote agents returning to the premises. But at the same time, I think the business model is just changing. Um, you know, there's cost savings to be had by having agents working remotely. Um, and then ensuring payments are secure. Always it's very um, evolving and changing landscape. So you always have to just keep an eye on the industry and what people are doing, um, you know, you'd rather have a security incident happen with one of your competitors than with yourself. So if that's the type of thing um, you can keep an eye on, then I, I think that that's a very, very good way to do it. Um, another thing you really need though, is some visibility into your communications and your systems. Um, as more and more of these services move to the cloud, it becomes more and more important that you don't lose all your visibility and control into those communications because what you don't know can really hurt you. I definitely think that there will be some percentage of people that continuously work remotely. Uh, I've been fortunate in my career to work remotely in my positions as a uh, solutions consultant for roughly 25 years now, and I enjoy the flexibility it provides. So certainly, uh, barring logistical details that it seems companies are rapidly overcoming, I expect that you will continue to have some percentage, 
Uh, remains to be seen whether that's a high or low percentage of people who uh, act as call center agents who continue to work remotely from outside the office. Uh, certainly there are advantages there, not only to the employer, but to the call center agent themselves. So I do expect that to remain. How has the pandemic changed customer expectations? Are these changes here to stay? Yeah, I mean, I think number one, there was always this feeling that things could be disjointed. Um, and now after the pandemic, it has to all come together. So there, there's a feeling that before, right, my transaction online is going to be di different from my transaction in person, uh, is going to be different from my transaction from my delivery, right? All three of those now, the omni-channel, omni-access, omni-delivery have all become one. And so there's this standard that no matter how I interact with your brand, uh, as a financial institution, as a retailer, as even a health life science, um, doctors and all that, it should all be pretty seamless without any hiccups. So the bar has raised after the pandemic um, that there is no more weight. I don't take Apple Pay. There is no more like uh, you have to pay a premium for delivery. Um, all those things are dropping and people expect to pay with anything at any time, anywhere with any device. Absolutely. So the, the changes are most definitely here to stay. Uh, how has the pandemic changed customer expectations where customers are more and more digital, whether they want it or not? Some, some segments of the population have been forced into digital because suddenly services were not available in the way they used to, uh, they used to get them. So uh, it has changed not only expectation, but also behaviors. But certainly one expectation that has changed and is a gap of understanding between what customers want and what businesses actually provide. Uh, and very much so now, it's definitely about convenience. When it comes to digital interaction, it's always about convenience. But now, very much at the top of mind of consumers is security. So not only do they expect seamless experiences, they also expect them to be safe. And as the other changes here to stay, absolutely they are. Yeah, so I, I think there's a lot more emphasis now on customer expectations with regards to customer experience. And you're seeing a lot of pushback on call centers and the wait times and that type of thing um, that customers are more and more at the forefront because they used to be able to go in and talk to their their local represent representative, um, and that's not possible. So when they have to face these long wait times in their IVR or other types of communication delays, it becomes frustrating for them. And I think that that's something that people are starting to realize now, and I think a lot of solutions are going to come to market in the next um, year or two to, to really help mitigate those challenges. It depends which expectations you're referring to. I mean, is it expectations on customer service, expectations on data security? Um, but I mean, however, they are pretty much one and the same for, for most customers. So in general, I think it seems evident that customers expect more from contact center representatives during this pandemic. Uh, we see that uh, there's a lot of storefront closures and restrictions on when and how many customers uh, could go into a shop, for example. Uh, everybody in the retail industry and uh, this across hospitality, uh, even financial services, they had to shift their expectations and approaches. So we can, we can see that the result is that customers have an increased expectation on the timeliness 
and an increased expectation on the uh, to solving complex questions when they inter interact with contact centers. So they've always had high expectations from a customer service representative that they trust with their time. But what we see is that there's there's this expectation of more communication channels. Uh, they expect contact center staff to offer multiple channels to communicate with them uh, before the pandemic. There was already this expectation that there needs to be phone, email, and chat functionality. And now there's also expectations to include video conferencing, for example. Uh, there was one study that says uh, two-thirds of uh, United States managers say that customers at their contact centers will expect the representatives to have more empathy as well and more interactions. And that will, video conferencing will, will, will help to facilitate that as well. But it's also mutual. Uh, we are also seeing that customers have more empathy for the customer services agents. So they demonstrate more patience and understanding due to these, these lockdowns. This, the last point as well is that as a result of all these changes, the customer support organizations, they need to better enable their agents with, with better tools and technique, techniques to, to manage this increased expectation of, of channels and this increased service demand. Um, for there's very few agents that can actually have this, for example, 10-year experience where can they answer any, nearly any question that are thrown at him or her. And many companies find it quite difficult to guarantee that more experienced uh, customer contact centers can handle these complex requests. So enabling them to, by simplifying the, the processes and the tools that they use will go a long way to, to ensure that, that we meet the customer expectations during this time. It'll be interesting to see in the coming six months, 12 months, as the, the vaccines are rolled out, if there is a return to in-person uh, interaction, whether that's at a retail location, uh, that's sitting down at a restaurant and dining and not thinking about uh, if you have your mask on. Uh, as we see, hopefully, this move back to more uh, in-person uh, interaction, with merchants, with uh, other individuals, these payment methods where we've uh, focused on uh, hands-off as little touch as possible, the the no-touch delivery or pickup of, of food at a restaurant, uh, picking up your groceries, having them brought out to your car, uh, ordering from a delivery service and, and having it show up via shipping service or in your mailbox. I think those are here to stay. Uh, whether those remain the primary methods of uh, receiving products, of shopping, of, of dining out, etc., I, I expect those will remain. Uh, hopefully, they they move to more of a, a secondary approach, but certainly an important one. Finally, I asked PCI Power's own CISO, Jeff Forsyth, to share his views on how the pandemic has impacted the world of payments and security. Um, well, people are spending less and payment revenues have uh, definitely slumped due to the pandemic. Restaurant bookings are down, holiday bookings are down, theatre bookings all down. Um, so that's the major way that um, the pandemic has impacted payments. Uh, the payment providers themselves have tried to help and encourage people to spend more. They've done this by offering reduced or waived overdraft fees. Uh, they've lowered interest rates on payments. They've increased the uh, contactless payment limit uh, and they've offered mortgage holidays to people all to try and keep the economy stimulated. 
the other way we've seen the impact on payments is that fraud uh, is majorly on the rise due to the pandemic. You know, unusual circumstances uh, reduce uh, suspicion of uh, contact from official bodies offering help and advice. So you get uh, emails from your government tax office or phone calls from uh, uh, official bodies uh, saying you need to do this, that and the other. And they're all fraudulent and, and spam, but people tend to trust them because of the pandemic. So competence levels are lower, anxiety is higher. So it makes these uh, individuals much more susceptible to social engineering scams. There's been a lot of furloughing going on, uh, especially in the UK, people being made redundant. So they're all looking to manage their outgoing costs. So, so because of that, we've seen companies such as Klarna and others that offer stepped payments or you know buy now, paying three installments. Types of we've seen a lot of that on the rise. So they've been major beneficiaries of this type of thing. And we're seeing a lot of companies offering those types of step payments uh, to try and help people uh, buy things. So that's how it's sort of impacted. Uh, what's coming next? Well, oh, so the use of cash uh, will continue to fall and digital payments will continue to rise. So it's a natural trend anyway that we've been seeing over the last um, 10 years or so. But COVID has accelerated all that change massively. Um, it's not going to lead to a cashless society, despite what you might read in the papers, um, because we know that consumers, whilst they're uh, increasingly preferring sort of no-touch payments, um, they do hoard cash uh, as a store of value uh, for you know for unforeseen times, uh, keeping something for a rainy day. When the economy reopens, we're going to see many consumers like to continue shopping online uh, or using smartphones, and home delivery is definitely uh, a big trend that uh, everyone is warm to and is here to stay. Um, security is likely to be just as important as convenience and speed, or perhaps even more so. Consumers should be able to trust that their payment uh, institutions will protect their transactions, personal data and financial data. I'm seeing a lot of that uh, going on. There's been a big surge in um, chargeback volumes for credit cards. So um, we're going to see a big push towards bank-to-bank uh, -bank, uh, faster payments. So the banking system, especially in Europe with open banking, uh, is a big thing. Uh, the US are a couple of years behind, but Fed now is, is a big system that's coming in to offer real-time open banking payments that uh, uh, sort of avoid credit cards. And again, we'll see a big rise in that. Uh, and finally, um, transaction security will continue to improve. Um, I think people, uh, companies and merchants storing people's credit card data in, in big databases is all going to stop. Uh, we're going to see less and less than that, and it's all going to be towards tokenization to secure cardholders' confidential information. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. If you like what you've heard, remember to like and subscribe. And for more material on data security and customer experience, head to our Knowledge Centre at PCIPAL.com.